Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The 303rd edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, go! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today. Here to get you ready for Carolina and Clemson, the third ACC game of the year the second ACC road game for Carolina. We'll break down the Tigers, tell you everything you need to know about the Tar Heels. We have a discussion topic, keys to the game, pick the game, and so much more. But we start every preview edition of the pod, as we always do, with a pod thought of the day. And we go to current Carolina women's basketball player, Alyssa Utsby, and her quote is, Quote, making everyone else's job easier is my favorite thing to do. It's a sign of, uh, you know, not not being selfish, playing for your teammate, and doing the little things. And Carolina has a bunch of those types of guys on the men's side. You, You see it in Harrison Ingram the other night with him going and getting 15 rebounds. You see it with the way that Seth Tremble defends on the perimeter. The way that Elliot Cadeau moves the ball from a good shot to a great shot. And that's the sign of A, a good culture, B, good chemistry, and C, a good team. And that's what this team is. They're good. They're really, really good because they've got a group that's playing for one another and they're making everyone else's job so much easier. And that's why we're seeing the results we're seeing so far 
That's why we feel the way we feel about this team as we sit here in early January. And, um, you know, it's always cool when you've got a current player, whether it's men or women's, whose quote directly applies to the team that we're talking about here today. But Carolina's got a challenge. They've got a test this this upcoming weekend at Clemson. Um, the Tigers are 11-2. and They're 1-1 one one in the ACC, having lost – uh, at Miami last night in a really fun game. It was high scoring, great pace. Um, Miami's, you know, I don't think they're as good as they were a year ago. They're still going to be a problem in this league over the next two months. Um, and we and Clemson learned that the hard way last night. The Tigers are one and zero against ranked opponents. Haven't beaten Alabama when they were ranked back in the ACC. SEC Challenge. They have three players averaging double-figure scoring, led by P.J. Hall, who right behind R.J. Davis is having individually as good a season as anybody in the league. 20.2 points per game, 6.5 rebounds, 2.1 assists. He's shooting 56% from the field, 38% from three. You got Joe Girard III, the Syracuse transfer, maybe pound for pound, the toughest player in the country. 15.8 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, 3.8 assists. He's shooting 47% from the field, 45% from three. Then you got Chase Hunter, 11.4 points per game, 2.4 rebounds, 3.4 assists, shooting 39% from the field, 32% from three. This team is ranked 24th in Ken Palm, and 16th in the net. Um, And look, I've gone on record saying I don't believe in Clemson basketball until the ACC season. Like what they do in November, what they do in December to me is rather irrelevant. But there's no denying this might be the best squad that Brad Brownell has had in his decade plus on the job at Clemson. Yeah, he's done an outstanding job of piecing this group together. There's just, there's no way around it. You've got P.J. Hall who is one of the more underrated players in the entire country. I mean, the conference, it seems like a lot of people definitely have respect for him. Joe Girard is a guy that I think was really good before at Syracuse, and I think has probably taken his game even to another level here at Clemson because he has so much more around him. Uh, And Chase Hunter, he is a tough guard that Carolina is going to have to be prepared for. The guy that I think people need to realize is a much better player than they probably know going in is Ian Shefflin. Guy is right near the top of the conference in rebounding, 9.8 per game. He's shooting 55% uh or no, 56% overall and 50 uh well, he doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but still a guy that has the ability to stretch the floor shooting 57% when he does. So, I mean, there are so many different guys that can hurt you. I mean, that's that's four really quality players. And, I mean, look, they they don't – I don't know if Jack Clark's going to play in this game. I know he's been hurt. Um, that's another guy that they have on their roster that, uh, you know, the transfer from NC State, we saw him last year. He hasn't really been able to get into a rhythm even when he has been out there. But that's another guy that eventually could cause some problems along the way uh, if, if he ends up returning to their lineup. This is a really good team. And I, I think 
when you look at the surprise teams in the ACC, you're probably looking at them and Wake as those teams that could challenge Carolina, Duke. Uh, I, I think a lot of people had kind of written this team off, but after last night, Miami. Those are your top three in the ACC. Then you have Clemson and Wake that are right there, ready to pounce on the opportunity. So this will be a stiff test for Carolina. And to have to go on the road to do it, not a place that Carolina has been great in um, per per se. I mean, they, they still are very successful overall as a program against Clemson. But at the same time, I mean, Clemson is a team that has always been motivated for this game. They always give Carolina a tough test. And you're right. This is probably the most talented group that they have had in a very, very long time. Yeah, look, I mean, I'll say this. If if Hunter Tyson was on this roster, not in the NBA, this would be a bona fide second weekend of the tournament type of team. And they very well could still be that this year. But if you would have had that guy, then I would sit here and say Clemson's legit. Oh, I mean, they would be one that I would feel pretty confident in saying would probably be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament when it's all said and done. Um, and, you know, look, Joel Berry told us back when we, when we spoke with him about a month ago and said, Clemson's the real deal. Um, and that's kind of picked up more and more steam as we've gotten now into ACC play. And Little John's going to be a vibe on Saturday. Um, as a ACC basketball historian, it's one of my favorite venues um, because, it, it. I mean, when Carolina goes there, when Duke goes there, it's as good a road environment as you have in this league. Even with the renovations, it's this tiny little field house. And, you know, those hicks from Greenville, South Carolina, you know, they get into it. And Brad Brownell is a feisty competitor. Um, you know, he's not going to be afraid to, you know, to, 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 to make his feelings known about the way he feels about Carolina. Um, and I think this could be a game where you see, as much as the two teams competing against one another, you're going to see Brad, Brad Brownell and Hubert Davis competing against one another because it's a big game. Um, you know, for Carolina, if you win this game, and we'll talk about what a win would do here in just a minute. You know, it's really going to invoke more confidence into this team moving forward. So, um, you know, a loss wouldn't be a bad loss because this is a this is a good game, but mm-hmm. also like. If you're wanting to do the types of things that we think you're capable of doing, winning a conference championship, making a deep run in the tournament, you win these games. And and, and we think they're capable of that. we got to see if they're up to the task on Saturday. When you look at this game from the Carolina perspective, Carolina 10-3. and um, They're 2-0 and in the league, ranked number eight in the country. Um, this will be their sixth game already against a ranked opponent. Which is just mind blowing that we're only in the first week of January, um, and Carolina's three and two against ranked opponents. Their three wins: Arkansas, Tennessee, who's back in the top five, and Oklahoma. Not bad. And their losses are to UConn, also in the top five, and Kentucky, who's in the top ten. So you know you're you're battle tested, and you've you've beaten top five teams, you've lost to top five teams. Um, but you've competed in every single one of those matchups. Carolina's 1-0 on the road. Of course, that lone win coming at Pitt earlier in the week. And the Heels still have four guys averaging double-figure scoring, led by R.J. Davis, 
21.2 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 3.6 assists, shooting 44% from the field, 40% from three. Armando Baycott, 14.9 points, 10.8 rebounds. He's shooting 53% from the field. Then you got Harrison Ingram, 13.4 points, 7 rebounds, 2.5 assists, shooting 44% from the field, 43% from three. You got Cormac Ryan, the last guy in double figures, 11.1 points, 1.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, shooting 46% from the field, 29% from three. The Heels are averaging making 20.2 free throws per game, third most in the country, and are attempting 26.2, the 10th most in the country. And Carolina has worked itself up to number 11 in Kempom and number 12 in the net. And, you know, when you look at this game stylistically, you know, usually when Carolina and Clemson meet, it's a team that wants to run in Carolina against a team that doesn't want to run in Clemson. That ain't the case. This is a Clemson team that you know, is averaging over 80 points per game. They want to play in the open court. They take a lot of threes. Like, Brad Brownell has evolved as a coach. They're still a good defensive team. But when he first got the job, I mean, they were Virginia-esque. They played games in the 50s and the low 60s. He's now adapted and changed his ways of playing. And even though Davis and P.J. Hall won't be matched up on one another, you got two of the best in the conference going at it, and it should make for a fun, exciting game on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, no, it's 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 a team that's built to play high-scoring games just like Carolina is when they're playing their game. That That's, that's how I look at it. So it's going to be – uh, it's going to be pretty much the complete opposite, probably, of what we saw in the game against Pitt. Um, Pitt was a team that had to lean heavily on their defense. They still were scoring at a pretty high rate, but their defense is what's going to win them games. So, Carolina, this is a game that will will probably fit what Carolina is going to look like throughout the remainder of the season more. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting because, to me, the worst thing that could have happened was Miami beating Clemson. I, I I think if Clemson had won that game, I, I think you, you kind of wonder if they, they're feeling their oats a little bit, even early in conference play, to pick up a big win like that, and maybe you could catch them. This one, you're running into an extremely motivated team that wants to prove that that was a fluke. Now, look, I will say this. I think Carolina... They should be able to attack this Clemson team because, I mean, this team let up 95 to a Miami team that did not have Wooga Poplar out there last night. And look, that's not saying that Miami's not a, a really good offensive team. They let up 60 points in the second half. So, like, this is a team that if Carolina attacks them, I, I feel like they have a chance to have a pretty successful night against them but yeah, I mean, look, I will say there is absolutely no chance this game is what we saw from NC State and Notre Dame. <laughs> we are not going to run into that type of game. It's going to be up and down. Uh, it's going to be competitive because I think that the Tar Heels match up very well with Clemson. I think both teams are very evenly matched. A lot of the matchups will be very intriguing. 
Uh, my thing is, I, I I really do wonder if Carolina's depth could be the difference in this game. Clemson, you know, they came into the season expecting to have a lot of depth, but injuries to Clark, as I mentioned earlier, and Alex Hemingway have kind of limited that depth that they've had early in the year. So that could be where Carolina really is able to make a difference um, if this game turns into a back-and-forth affair. I think one of the, the the big talking points going into this game is going to be, are these the two best teams in the ACC right now? Um, and I, look, I know Duke looked you know, sensational in that second half against Syracuse the other night, but you know, that's a team that has kind of just ebbed and flowed the first two months of the year. Carolina, I think, has been peaking really ever since the Jumpman Invitational. They've looked the part, and Clemson's maybe been the most steady team from the the, 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 the opening tip of the season on because you look at Miami, their two losses, they got blown out. Like, ran out of the gym by Kentucky and Colorado. And, um, you know, I, 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 I've kind of said it, you know, throughout. I, I think I think Carolina right now is the best team in the league from what I've seen. I think Duke has the highest ceiling, the, the most potential of any team in this league. Like, like, they're, like they're, they're, their dreams of winning a national championship are probably the most realistic. But after really watching Clemson last night – and evaluating them as much as I have at any point this year, I think I'm comfortable saying that on January 4th, these are the two best teams. Oh, man, I can't agree with you. They, I mean, you, you, they lost they lost the game to a team that is in consideration. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, but, I get it. They got blown out. But, like, yeah. at the same time, I mean, no offense. Who, who is great that Clemson has played in the Atta Conference? Well, I mean, you go on the road and you beat Bama the way they – they, 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 I mean, is, they, Bama, they Bama? is Bama a tournament team? That's, that's the concern that, like – no, and look, that's this is the thing. This is what sucks when you get into these types of conversations because then you have to start tearing down. Look, I think Clemson is a really good team. I think it's a it, it's it's four teams right at the top of the ACC that are kind of bunched together right now, and then you you, you drop down to another tier. I I think all four of these teams it, they they could have a week where all of a sudden they're the team that people are saying is the best team in the ACC. I think. You're right. With the schedule that Carolina has played, with the how they've looked since Oklahoma, I would say they're probably the best. I think Duke's probably number two because very similar to Oklahoma, it feels like Baylor was the turning point for Duke. Um, and then, I mean, to me, it's, it's a toss-up between Clemson and Miami. But here's the thing. Like I said, these teams are grouped together. So this is... Regardless, it will be a tough matchup for Carolina, but the matchup of the two best teams in the ACC right now, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I think probably the Blue Devils would would slightly beat them out there. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think you're wrong. It's also why I said on January fourth, I would maybe say Clemson's the second best team. You ask me, January twenty fourth, I don't think it's going to be the same answer. And I'm also just coming off watching Clemson play, you know, for really the first time with a keen eye on what they do, how they play, the way they play. And I know they got beat, was still really impressed with the way that they competed, the way that they moved the ball, the share of the ball. Uh, Miami was just able to, 
get hot in the second half, and they rode that um, all the way to a win. Um, whether they're the second best team, third, what, what, no matter what it is, this is a really, this is a really big game for Carolina. Like, you win this game, you're now two and zero in this three game road trip. Um, according, of course, you you, you know you want to win them all. You 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 would love to get the one next week at NC State, but like from a confidence standpoint, this game as much as anything, or as much as any game they've won this year, will breed confidence because you're on the road, a top sixteen team in the country. This will be a tougher environment than what Pittsburgh was the other night, and I thought the first six minutes of the game, the pit the pit environment was really tough. Once they realized that you know their team wasn't going to run us out of the gym. There wasn't really much of an environment there to deal with. But, you know, I, I look at this game for this group and say, you know, as a team that I think is climbing and ascending, you get this one, you know, the, the, this could be that launching pad like some of those wins in 2018-19 were for that team that went on a tear and won its last ACC regular season championship. Oh, I mean, look, you win this game, you're the favorite to win the ACC regular season title. Like, there, because then you would have – Passed a test in Pittsburgh, a team that you couldn't beat on the road, and taken down a team that entering conference play, some people thought was the best team in the conference. So, I, I, I think, I mean, to me, I don't know if how much of a confidence boost this team needs. I think they're incredibly confident with where they're at right now, but I think it would further strengthen the conversation from outsiders that this is a legitimate Carolina basketball team. This is a team that's going to compete to win the ACC regular season title, as I said, would would make them the favorite. And in a lot of respects, would probably start to open up some eyes nationally and have people starting to say, are they up there with some of the best teams in the country? Like that's that's where this win could get you to, um, and I I think that's why there's going to be so much motivation in this game is that the opportunity is there for Carolina to build and I mean again we talked about it if they somehow can come out of this stretch three and zero I mean it, it is it is hard to see them finishing with less than 16, 17 wins in conference play. And that's the point that you have to be at to be able to get to, you know, win that ACC regular season title and get back on that those seed lines that we are more than comfortable with being on. The one line, the two line. Lowest at that point would probably be the three line. So I definitely think that it's known that this is a huge game for Carolina, and I, I mean, to me, I, I trust this team because we've seen them so far against teams that people have looked at and said, well, how do they match up with these teams? Are they going to start looking sort of like what we saw last year? Carolina's answered the challenge every single time. Now, down the stretch of games, they haven't been able to close some of them out. UConn, Kentucky. This is one of those games where they can show. I said it. I, I said it after the Kentucky game. It, it, it's what we heard Mac Brown talk about with the football team all off season. 
this would be a game where you go from good to great if you find a way to pick up this win. And I think that's on the table. Oh, man. With that, let's get to our keys to the game. The first one I have, win the race to 80. Um, this has been a key a couple of times, and Carolina didn't win the key, and they lost the game, i.e. UConn, i.e. Kentucky. Um, both teams average over 80 points per game. Clemson at 82. Carolina at over 85. Um, the best way to do this is not go on a six-and-a-half-minute scoring drought to open the game um, like you did against Pittsburgh. there, Because that's to do. Carolina didn't score the first six-and-a-half minutes against Pitt and still scored 70. Their points per possession was, was like 1.016 after not scoring for six-and-a-half minutes. Like, you want to talk about efficiency. They still found a way – to be somewhat efficient because they got to the foul line, which is the most efficient shot, the most efficient play in basketball. Um, you know, this this game is going to be free-flowing. It's going to be up and down. Um, there's going to be a lot of quick possessions, which I still think favors Carolina, but we thought it favored them in other matchups, and Carolina didn't get there. They've got to they got to have their four offensive guys producing. You need to have a, you know, you need, you know, Davis is going to give you what he's going to give you. Armando is going to give you 12 to 14, whether it's from the foul line or from the field. But you need Harrison Ingram and you need Cormac Ryan making shots. Um, You know, this cannot be a game where you have two guys that are carrying the scoring load. You're not going on the road in this environment against this team. And you're not winning unless your four best players all play at a high level. Yeah, I mean, you need somebody besides R.J. Davis to really have a big night. And, yeah, it could be Armando Baycott. Um, You you said the two scorers. To me, I, I think the ones that you know are always going to produce for you from what we've seen this year I mean, you could put Armando in that category, but part of that is that he got off to such a hot start scoring against some of the uh, the, the lesser opponents. I mean, you look at Harrison Ingram. That game the other night, that was the first game of the season he did not score in double figures. That's insane to think that. So, I mean, yes, to to a certain extent, we, we remember watching the game against UConn and, and Kentucky to a certain extent. He it didn't feel like he had a massive impact on the offensive end, but I I mean to me the key to this if you want to get to eighty efficiently you have to have Cormac Ryan making shots like at some point it's got to start falling for him like it's there he's taking good shots he did it again the other night against Pittsburgh. Like, I, it's rare. I, I can't even really remember a time where I've watched him take a shot and said, oh, my God, that's a horrible shot. What's he doing? It's just they're not going down. If Carolina is going to play the type of game that we think this is going to be, which is up and down, team scoring, I mean, an old school, like, mid-2000s when we were growing up type of game where if you get it, it could finish in the 90s then you're going to need Cormac Ryan to be able to make shots. Because I think, you know, down the stretch of the game, if this is a close game, I, I trust R.J. Davis to be able to carry you home. 
I, I, we've seen enough from Harrison Ingram to know that he can carry you home. But Cormac Ryan is a guy that he's done it before in the ACC. You need him to step up and be big for Carolina in this matchup on the offensive end of the floor. The second key I have is limit P.J. Hall, and it's going to be a task. He's averaging 20 points per game, over six rebounds, all while shooting 56% from the field and 38% from three. You know, we saw the other night Hubert Davis put a smaller guy on Blake Henson, and although it got Elliot Cadeau in foul trouble, it ultimately worked. It got Blake Henson out of rhythm, and he went on to have one of his worst games of the year. Um, I don't know if you can do that with, with Cadeau in this game, but I think you've got to throw multiple guys at him. Let Harrison Ingram have a run at him. Let Jalen Withers have a run at him. Let Seth Trimble have a run at him. Wear him down with multiple guys. And let the, let let their physicality overwhelm him. And the biggest thing you got to do is just make him work. Like, if, 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 if you bump him off his spot and he has to work for a bucket, you live with that. But you don't want him catching the ball cleanly on the post or on the perimeter and being able to make make shots, put the ball on the floor, get to the basket, draw fouls, and live at the foul line. Um, you know, this you might need to press just to maybe make get the ball out of his hands uh in, in that way. And so, um, you know, he's this isn't the best player Carolina's gone up against, but he's gonna be a matchup problem. Um and Carolina's gonna have their hands full and they're gonna need another stellar defensive performance like we've seen the last three games to get the job done on the road. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the the guy that has to really step up in this one, and it's going to depend on how they play the matchups because Shefflin is the better rebounder, so there are times where Armando could be matched up with him. I, I think one of the big guys in this game that you have to keep an eye on is Jalen Withers. This is kind of the reason that you brought Jalen Withers in is because he can defend anywhere from the four to the one. So this is going to be a game where you're going to need him and his versatility to step up. Harrison Ingram also has to be able to bring it, match the intensity on the glass that you're going to see from Shefflin and from P.J. Hall no matter who he's on. But yeah, when it comes to P.J. Hall... In specific, I mean, look, there's two strategies that you could take. You could let P.J. Hall kind of do his thing. Now, clearly, you do not want to let him get to that 30-point area that we've seen opponents get to and has made it really hard for Carolina to win games. But at the same time, like the the thing you have to be careful of is not getting too over-eager to try to stop him that you pick up fouls. Carolina's gotten in foul trouble against him the last couple of years. Um, and he's been able to have success. Now, I do think one of the things that'll be interesting is how Carolina implores the two, uh, the two big lineup. They they threw it out there a little bit the other night against a team in Pitt that played big. Clemson's going to do the exact same thing. I think you know Jalen Washington has to step up in this game too and be ready to go. But it's yeah, it's going to take a collaborative effort to try to slow him down. And the thing is, is that, I mean, I think he's probably, I I mean, you said it's not the best player that Carolina is going to face. No. He is, I I would 
agree. I believe, wasn't he first-team all-conference to begin the year? I mean, he definitely is a first-team all-conference caliber player. So this is one of the better players that you're going to play in conference play. He's motivated after his performance uh, last night in in Miami. Um, So I I think Carolina, this has got to be a focus for them. And I think they'll find a way to at least contain him to some extent. Even if they contain him the way that they did the last couple of times that they played him and hold him in that 18 to 20 point range, that 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 might be good enough to win this one. The last key is win the rebounding battle. Um, and Carolina enters the game a better rebounding team in terms of rebounds per game. Carolina 39 and a half. Clemson 38 and a half. And you know, we talked after the pick game. We think that rebounding performance was real in terms of just the effort. You know, they're not going to rebound the ball 51 times every every time out, but you got 15 rebounds from Harrison Ingram. You got seven rebounds from Cormac Ryan. You got six rebounds from Seth Trimble. If that's real, if that carries over, um, you know, it's going to make Carolina all the tougher to beat. And when you go on the road, you know, the, the two most important things are – win the rebounding battle, and and not turn the ball over. Um, Carolina doesn't turn it over a lot. Clemson doesn't force a lot of turnovers. So the rebounding really becomes important. Um, and you're going to need the same type of effort from Ingram, from Ryan, from Trimble um, that you got the other night. If you see the two big lineup, you need Jalen Washington to make an impact, but – this is one of the rare games where Carolina statistically is going to enter the better rebounding team, and that needs to be uh, displayed on the court. Yeah, and and look, they cannot let the fact that Clemson is not a great statistical rebounding team let them settle in to a comfort zone and just expecting that they're going to win the rebounding battle. Because, as I said, Shefflin is a guy that is a really underrated rebounder. A lot of people don't talk about him uh, with, with how good he's been to start this season. I mean, when you're averaging almost 10 rebounds, and then you've got P.J. Hall as your second leading rebounder, I mean, that's that's a pretty good combo. But, yeah, the rest of their team doesn't really rebound a whole lot. So that's an area where Carolina could have an advantage. Really, I, I think the guy you look at, in this game that you need to see step up again is Harrison Ingram. Because we've seen this from him at times this year. We we saw it in the Bahamas. He had a couple of really, really great rebounding games. He kind of disappeared a little bit on the glass after that um, and wasn't able to make nearly as big of an impact. He returned in a big way the other night against Pitt. And that's what you need to see from him in this game. Doesn't have to be 15 but you want to see him crashing the defensive glass to limit those second-chance opportunities for Clemson because Clemson's a really good offensive team, as you said earlier. If you give them second-chance opportunities on the regular, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to beat this team because at some point, shots are going to fall for them. And then offensively, Create some of those second-chance opportunities. Because, yeah, there is no guarantee that you're going to shoot the ball well from the field. And you saw, I really do hope that the other night was the wake-up call that this group needed. Because you saw how much different things were because they could offensive rebound. 
it, it created so many opportunities. And and look, you know, there there were times where Carolina was able to get to the line, even though they didn't finish their second chance uh, shot. But I, I mean, that's the thing is get yourself those extra possessions because in a game like this the more times that you can control the ball whether it's by creating turnovers or grabbing those offensive rebounds the better chance you're going to have to score and put up the type of number that you're going to need to to beat this Clemson team Carolina enters with a 42.7 percent chance to win the game according to ESPN's analytics who wins the game and why well, I, I told you earlier, I think this is a matchup that fits Carolina really well. Uh, I think, you know, the up-and-down nature of this game, yeah, Clemson likes to run, but Carolina is back to being a team that if you want to get out in the open court with Carolina, that's a dangerous game no matter who you are. Uh, I, I think you, you've seen, you know, the bench production from Carolina start to increase here. I think that'll be a big advantage that Carolina will have in this game, barring you know, Hemingway, Jack Clark, both potentially rejoining the lineup. I don't know what their injury statuses are. I don't think they're both uh, close to coming back at this point. So, I mean, Carolina is going to have the advantage there. And I think here's the thing. This game will probably be close down the stretch. Would frankly be shocked if it's not because of how good of a team Clemson is and how tough of an environment uh, Little John is. But when it comes to clutch time, I don't know if there is a player in college basketball right now that I trust more than R.J. Davis. I think Carolina will put the ball in his hands late in the game. I think he'll make some tough shots. I think he'll get some help uh, down the stretch from Harrison Ingram, who has also shown he can make those clutch shots. And I think that's the difference in the game. I think Carolina gets the win. It'll be an extreme nail-biter. I think it's somewhere in that three- to five-point range, but I think Carolina pulls it out. I, I I can't say the things I've said about Clemson then pick Clemson to win the game. Um, I think Clemson's a good team. I think they're going to be a tournament team, and I think they're going to finish maybe in the top four in the league. But I don't think they're as good as Carolina. I don't think they're as motivated as Carolina. I think Carolina is poised to really go on a, 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 a long run here, get on a hot streak with the confidence brewing, the way they're playing on both ends of the court. Um, and, you know, once you get through the road gauntlet, the schedule kind of lightens up for a little bit. I think Carolina wants to seize that opportunity to get out to a fast start in league play. The best way to do that is to go on the road and, and win these types of games. It'd be another quad one win, um, and it would be a statement to the league and to the country that Carolina basketball is back. And so I think Carolina is going to go on the road. They're going to go into Little John, and by the time the game is over, Clemson fans will be complaining about Dabo's recruiting class as opposed to the uh, the the game on the basketball court that they watched in front of them. I, I, I think Carolina wins to improve to 3-0 and in ACC play. Well, no matter what happens, we'll have you covered on the HeelToughBlog.com where we'll have a game preview and a game recap of the Clemson game up there for you guys to check out as I continue to take you through the basketball season. Of course, you know by now, football, Gene Chizik is out. Anthony gives you the list of names that Mac Brown should consider for the vacant uh, defensive coordinator job. And it'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes coming out of the Keenan Football Center. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. 
every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank you guys for listening. We'll thank Anthony for hosting with me. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!